0: I'm talking this morning about memories as i said and as you can see there as you can see there on the screen a place of treasure placing our memories now that that particular title hopefully will make a little bit more sense in a little while but you know but all of us have things that we value things that we treasure and we all have memories and our memories believe it or not we we put them in places and so let's explore these these concepts just a little bit you know I've got all these words starting with with P written up there you know pulse puzzle purpose pride permission um, we're talking about The heart, and you'll remember quite a few weeks ago, I I started talking about this first verse in Proverbs chapter 3, where it says, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. It goes on to say, For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you, let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favour and good success in the sight of God and men. And you know, all those weeks ago, we were talking about how, you know, this was a father talking to his son. He's talking about his words. He goes on to say about. Where did those words come from? And well, they came from his father. And when you look more and more into the nature of of the instruction, you know these words that are spoken in the proverbs. Um, well, it's Jesus. Jesus is wisdom. Proverbs is described as that book of book of wisdom. But it's Jesus. And so, you know, to shortcut a whole heap of of a scripture, we know that wisdom is Jesus, we know that Jesus is the word, we know that Jesus became flesh, we know that the word of God is living and active, we know that it penetrates into the depth of our heart, can divide soul and spirit, all these things we know from the scriptures. And here we have this instruction, this advice, bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. And so it's important. So we think about our heart, now, we know our heart is vast, and we could go through the alphabet and start with A, and we could think of words that could apply to the heart, you know, like attitude, you know. You know, more words starting with A, you know. There's so many. We can go to B, beautiful. We can go to C, you know, oh, culture. Anyway, I've just picked P. Now, we all know from a physical point of view um, that for our physical heart, it needs to have a pulse. Like if, the, if we don't, you know, it puts out a, it pumps blood and you can feel it. And we have a ambulance officer over here. You know, I'm sure you've, you've measured many a pulse in your day. Um, they have machines to measure it. And we have a, a trained nurse over here. Um, and you understand these things that, and even you could say the most medically uneducated person in the world would know that if there's no pulse, well things are very wrong. Um, we need a pulse because the pulse indicates we have a heartbeat. And when you have a heartbeat, well that indicates, it's a very, very powerful indicator that you're alive. Um, if you don't have a heartbeat, then you have some serious issues with the longevity of your life that's one of those primary factors with regard to you know what it means to be alive we need to have a pulse we need to have a heartbeat and now heart it needs to have something in it as well like it needs well we're not talking if we're talking about the the heart from a you know, an, an illustrator's point of view. It describes our heart, it's our, our, who we are, our feelings, you know, our personality, what we believe. And that's a whole other message, and we're not going to talk about, you know, what is the heart today, but, but we know that our heart is meant to be alive. And one of the things that makes our heart alive is our memories. Because our memories built up one upon each other over the course of our life actually formulate who we are. Um, Now this can become a bit of a puzzle, which is another word I have written on the screen there, because sometimes we just don't understand ourselves. Sometimes we don't understand each other. Um, there's, There's a lot of things in life that that are a puzzle and yet you know another P word is purpose you know the Lord has a purpose and, and we're actually meant to have a purpose and if in our lives we don't have a purpose then we what does that cause well it causes issues with our hearts with our feelings with our direction what, what we, we need to have some sense of what am I doing and then of course there's pride you know, and that can be good and bad. Permission? We just read this verse. There that, that little phrase that I've, that's captivated me now for weeks, it says, but let your heart keep my commandments. It, we actually have this ability to instruct your heart, to direct, you know, what we're thinking, where we will focus our attention. What we will and what we won't do, and so there's permission. We we actually are able to, you know, have have a level of of sovereignty over our own heart and what's it, what it does and what it doesn't do. Um, in our culture at the moment, there's this 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 tendency to lose to lose sight of that fact. You know that. Our culture at the moment is very much, you know, feelings are king and you're you're ruled by your feelings. And bad feelings are are very bad. And Yeah. Again, that's another whole sermon. The point of what I'm trying to say is that our heart is vast and the Lord made us that way. And one of the things that builds up in our hearts over time is memories. And all of these things, we can look at it in ways that, and that we can experience them in ways that are either positive or negative, or a mixture. And so we're going to look a little bit about what Jesus has to say. Now, Jesus has given us many instructions, of course, and there's this passage of Scripture here in Matthew 6. This is right sort of in the middle part of of what's described in the scriptures as as the Sermon on the Mount. and You'll notice that there's there's a concept that Jesus is getting to and this is something that we all have within us because we're all human beings. We all have a heart and we all have a sinful nature. Um, And we also all live in You know, in in a proximity to one another. And so what we think of ourselves and what other think think what other people think of us is important. And let's read this verse, Matthew chapter six, verse one. Says Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen from them, or seen by them. For then you will have no reward from your father who is in heaven. So the Lord Jesus is getting at something. He says, well, if you're doing a good thing, and the reason why you're doing a good thing is so that other people will see you do the good thing, oh, there's a problem, because there needs to be a better reason. And then in verse 5 of the same chapter, Jesus goes on, he says, and when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites. For they love to stand and pray in the synagogue and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And so you can see that there's actually overlapping concepts. The first concept, Jesus says, you know, when you do good things, if you're only doing it to be seen to do good things, well, that's a problem. And here Jesus is saying, if you pray, but the only reason or a big reason why you pray is to be seen to be praying, so other people will think good things about you, that's also a big problem. The same concept is repeated again with regard to fasting. There in verse 16 it says, and when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure disfigure their faces that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly, I say, they've received their reward. And so these concepts keep, keep coming up. And there's more of them. Verse 19, it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys. Where thieves do not break in and steal, for where your treasure is, there your heart is also. And this is where I'm gonna, we're going to get to. And this particular verse is always, you know, directly applied to, to money, you know, because the very next verse talks about you cannot serve God and mammon. And then it goes on, it says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, or about your body or what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and body more than clothing? And so there's some practical applications to this, but even in that, do not be anxious. Very often, you know, we might be anxious about what we're going to wear. But usually it's not because of we don't have any clothes. Usually it's because of well what will other people think of us. And when we go out, you know, to eat, Very concerned, usually we're not, especially in this culture, but in that culture also, they weren't so much worried about whether they had anything to eat, but it's very big to be seen to be eating the right things. You know, how you appear in culture, in all cultures, is very important, and you know. Think about it for a little while. What do we do with something that we think is valuable? Well, well, if we've got something that is valuable, we will look after it. But in a in a in the context of a of a civilization or a t- context of a community, if we put things out there for other things. And we put them out there, and the reason why we put them out there is so that other people will see it, and they'll go, oh, that's great. And then they'll think good things about you. And so this can be either good or bad. It can either be something that is negative, like the Lord Jesus was describing. If the only reason why you're doing a good thing is to be seen to be doing a good thing, well, then there's a problem with the heart. That doesn't necessarily mean you shouldn't be doing the good thing. Rather, we should be doing the good thing, but our heart needs to be doing it from the proper place. Now I've been thinking about you know memories. And last week I talked about about this this guy, a 19-year-old, 99-year-old man who 80 years ago almost to the week. You know, was at the Kokoda Trail and saw some terrible things. So we're talking about a war, a war veteran. And for 80 years, he didn't fellowship with any of his war veterans. He didn't go to a single, and hasn't done, to a single Remembrance Day event, didn't go on an Anzac Day march because of the memories that haunted him. And, you, and it's got me thinking, you know, what do we do with our memories? And, you know, sometimes, as, as I've said before, you know, when we do something, it's because we believe it. It's because we believe something. You know, the reason why we go and hop into our car is because we believe it'll start and we can drive away. Um, This is universally true for pretty much everything that we do in life. We wouldn't do that unless we didn't believe something about what we're doing. But the same thing's true with regard to why you don't do something. The reason why you don't do something is because you're believing something. um, Which is why we've started taking a building offering. Because we want to, we're believing for the, renovate, the renovation, the restoration of this particular building here in Mount Morgan, to serve this, the community, to serve the body of Christ in Mount Morgan, and to be a witness. But the same thing is also true of memories. You know, we um, we actually place value on. On memories and the, the really good ones the ones that we cherish the ones that are we hold close well then we'll put them in a place and they will usually be a benefit to us but this is where things might get a little bit challenging for us Is, and it could be a little bit uncomfortable for us to think of memories that are that are not good, memories that cause us pain, um, we can also get them and we do, we put them in a place, a special place where those bad memories live. Just like we get the good ones, we put them in a special place. As human beings, it's very common for us to get bad memories and put them also in a special place you know, lock them in that little bad memory cupboard in their hearts. We've got a cupboard for the good memories, and we'll go and visit them, and they're okay, but the bad memory cupboard, that exists also. And the thing about the bad memories is that if they're in the cupboard and they're in your heart, well, then they still affect you. You actually... Just ignoring them and locking them in the cupboard doesn't mean they don't have power over the way that you live your life. In fact, they have a whole lot of power over the way you live your life because they cause you to believe something. And the reason why we do things or don't do things is because we believe things, both good and bad. So let's think, you know, what is treasure? we're talking about memories and some memories we treasure and some and so if it's something that's rich you know i've got that word riches if you're going to talk to a young person and say what's treasure they'll think pirates maps you know deserted desert island let's go follow the trail and dig up the treasure you know it's riches gold and silver and precious stones and well yeah it is you know but but it's also people you know I have my daughter was married last week and she's my only daughter and of course she's a treasure but then I go through the memory and I think of oh I've got my son Azra he's he's a funny guy I love the family he's the He's the guy that, he's he's unique. He'll always somehow get Dominic's unique also. You know, I've got a a memory of Azra, you know, know, risking his life apparently, you know, running the gauntlet out to open a gate where there was cattle present. (laughs) The funny guy. He's a funny guy. And so, the memories of, of the people, you know, of a person, we cherish them. And so, people are treasures. It goes on, but so too is the truth. You think of the scriptures, but, but there's other things that are just not not even not even just scriptural truth, but other things that you know to be true, and you think, oh, you know, that's wonderful that that person did that oh, well, that's wonderful that this happened. Um, if you're a mathematician, you, think, you, you discover something that's, that's a truth and it's like, oh, this is so valuable. It's a treasure. And each of us have our own truth. But the interesting thing about truth is that you think about it. We can apply the same thing that we do with good or bad memories to, to our own truth. We can have a good one or one that we just think is a good one. Because a truth doesn't necessarily have to be a treasure in that positive sense. Something can be true that has happened in our life, but it was very bad. And because it was true, there's no escaping it. And so that puts us in a place where we go, hmm, what am I gonna do with that? And if it was something that's pleasant and good, well, it's very easy to deal with those ones. You put that into the good cupboard, where you can open it and just show to people and pleasant feelings. But if it's something that's negative, something that causes pain, the human tendency is to park it over here in the bad memory cupboard. And if it's a bad memory, that's a bad memory because of something that's true, something that can't be denied, something that did happen, then that makes it even more difficult to deal with. You might have to put two locks on that cupboard. Mm. well it, it does it really does it does it does yeah and so we value these things and yeah and what you just said grace is beautiful yeah, and, and, but this is the thing about about our lives and about our, our hearts is that I use this illustration sometimes to try and explain, you know, life and, and you know, maturing in the faith. Is that, you know, we, when we come to know the Lord, it's like as if we open the door of our heart and it's just an absolute mess. And then the Lord helps us clean up that mess you know, on that level. And then we get into the lift. We go up one level or we climb up one flight of stairs and we open the door and it's a mess. But on every level there's cupboards. And inside of those cupboards are memories. And some memories are pleasant, some of them not so. And it brings us to a place of of valuing but the strange thing about the human heart is is we and this is something that's a little bit hard to to explain from a preaching point of view but I know it is true is that, that we value the good memories but we also value the bad ones and sometimes sometimes when you look at our lives and the choices that we make and how we live them, we actually value the bad ones more than the good ones because we cling to them and we allow them to define us. We allow those bad memories to go, well, this is who you are, and because this is who you are, therefore you can't do this. We allow bad memories to control us. And it's a little bit unpleasant to actually think of them in this way. But if we allow something to control us, that means we must value it a lot. Memories. Memories are are powerful things. You think of the scriptures. We just had the table of the Lord and we were discussing about how the Lord instituted that, gave us the instruction, you know, to take, to eat, to remember him until he comes. we something practical that we do as a reminder. Something to, that we can receive grace. Not only do we receive grace in the spiritual realm, but it's also a practical thing we do with our bodies, eating and drinking, personally and corporately together, to facilitate a memory, to create something. A memory of him and to build something together. Baptism is something also, it's a bit like that. It's a means of grace, something we do physically to associate with what? Well, with the Lord's death and with his resurrection, recognising that we are sinners, that we need to be washed. And it's not us that does the washing, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we associate with him in his death, he died for us, and then we're raised up, a new creation in Christ Jesus. The picture, the symbolism of baptism, but it's also a spiritual act that has power. These do things in the spiritual realm, but they also do things in the soul. They establish memories. The interesting thing about baptism is not only do they establish memories for us, but it establishes memories for the community, the household of God, where they are witnesses to the baptism. And it establishes memories in the spiritual realm for every unclean spirit that observes it because you've made this declaration. I'm dying with Christ, I've been raised up and I declare publicly Jesus is my Lord. And so these memories actually have power across the realms, the physical realm, in the spiritual realm, (coughs) in history, you know, past, present and future wonderful concept, concepts we could you know talk about them for hours and but we won't now we think about our memories and what, what do they produce let's read this verse here in Luke 6 verses 43 and 45 it says for no good tree bears bad fruit nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit for each tree tree is known by its own fruit, for figs are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good, the good person out of the good treasure, notice that word treasure, the good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil for out of the abundance of the heart his mouth speaks. Now the thing about that I want to push into because there's, you know, multiple ways you can go with this. We talked about what we value. We value our memories. We've talked about how yeah, it's easy to see how we value our good memories. We cherish them, we'll tell them, we'll open our phone up and pull out the photos and show people. But we don't do that with our bad memories, not so often. Some of us do. And so memories exist. And it's uncomfortable, but it's true. But we also do and can, to our own detriment, value bad things, bad memories. We lock them in a cupboard, we keep them in a very safe place, well, so they don't hurt us, so they don't affect how people regard us. We protect ourselves from them and because of them, but that's actually not dealing with them. And what Grace was talking about before, there is a way, and that's of course where we're heading with this. But part of the finding the way is, is having the humility of heart to recognise that I actually do hold on I might be holding on, I am holding on, to something I shouldn't hold on to. It's easy to say, oh, we should hold on to these good memories, but it's not so easy to go, I am holding on to those bad memories, and then to actually walk the journey in your mind of going, oh, well, that, what damage is that doing in my life? Now, you think about history. You know, there's this saying that talks about how, you know, it's the, it's the winner of the battle, the winner of the war. They're the one that writes the history. When you go back through history and you go into, you know, different countries, and, you, you, and you'll, you'll see that the same event is recorded and talked about it and discussed from two different perspectives, depending on which side of the event you're looking at. And most things in life are like this. You know, you have at least two sides. Usually it's more. And your version of history, or to say it another way, the way it is remembered, the memories, are entirely dependent upon the perspective with which you looked at that thing. And in our own lives, we do, we do the same thing. We, we actually write our own memories. And the way we write our own memories are based upon how our own perceptions. And over time these things add up and we get memory upon memory, layer upon layer. And it's actually a little bit difficult for us to accept that it is possible, but indeed it is true that very often the way that we have stored something as a memory may not be entirely correct. There's, there's lots of ways of looking at things. And so this brings us back to what Grace was saying. You know, the answer is always found in, in the truth. And who is the truth? Well, Jesus is. And very often, the truth that we hold on to ourselves has a mixture within it. It might be, it might be mostly correct. But I would dare to say that it's almost never completely correct. Because we're none of us are perfect. And what happens is when we hold on to something, and I'm talking in particular, you know, the the things that might be painful, the things that we lock in that cupboard in our mind in our lives, and we go, Oh, well, I'm not going to deal with that. We put it lock upon lock upon lock upon it. And the reason why we put lock upon lock upon lock upon it is because it's painful to look at. But it also means that if other people knew about it, or what would they think of us. So there's these layers of pride and insecurity and regret. And it's complicated. We don't want to go all there. We'll look more now towards what is the answer. What happens is when we behave like that, what we are actually doing is we're actually doing what that verse we started with says. Remember the instruction was to take of these truths, take of these words, take of wisdom, and to put them like a a necklace. You know, bind them around your necks. Write them on your heart. And we can actually do that with our memories and we do it all the time, believe it or not. The good ones, but we also do it with the bad ones, because we, al- we can allow them to define us. So we need to quickly get to something more positive. You know, it's, it's actually very practical. You can have, you have memories, good ones and bad ones, and we can value the good ones, but we can also value the bad ones, and we write them, depending on what we do with them, both good and bad, we can can bind them around our necks and we can write them on our hearts. And when I say that, you think about it in the positive sense. You know, Solomon was saying, take these words of mine, write them on your heart, bind them around your neck. Why did he say that? To value them so that it will affect your behavior, so it will affect the choices that you make, so that it will be A light for your feet, a lamp for your path. This is the way of wisdom. But when we allow things that are negative in our life to be locked up and to control us, we're actually doing this same thing. We're binding something that is a problem around our necks and we're writing it on our hearts. And what does it do? It pushes us down a path which is unhelpful. Or it becomes a roadblock in a relationship that could be positive. And so the Lord, of course, wants to do something with this. You know? And this is what, Grace, you were referring to before. We can deal with painful truths, or we can deal with painful memories, but how do we deal with them? Well, by applying a greater truth. There's many ways you know, that you could describe this process. In a nutshell, it's, it's the person of the Lord Jesus Christ who is truth. The one who sees both sides of the coin and can come in and go, well actually your version of what happened, your version of the events, this was absolutely true. Ah, but however, there's a greater truth. You know? I saw what went on before. I see what goes on in your heart. I see the pain, but I've borne the pain and I can carry the pain. He, I, in my life, know that it is, that not only does the Lord and is the Lord able to completely forgive you of the guilt of any sin and come along and, and heal you know the, the ache in the heart, But he's also able to come along and over time work with the way that you think, work with the way that you process the memories so that you go, oh yeah, that makes sense. I can see why that happened. I can see why that person did that. And on occasions when there is no explanation because sometimes it's true, sometimes things are just beyond, we're able to go, oh Lord, I can see that you're sovereign over that and that even though I don't fully understand, I can trust you anyway. But my experience has always been that that when you ask and you like that that weaned child with its mother, you know, that example in Psalm 131, where the psalmist is saying, you know, you know, I do not concern myself with with these wonderful things, things that are too big and too grand. But like a weaned child with its mother is my heart within me. It means that you're just relaxed and you're happy to be with the Father. You just when you come to that place of of trust. My experience is that the Lord has always shown me how to receive and accept. He just does. And so we have a treasure. You think about um, the kingdom. The kingdom is described... You know, by the Lord Jesus Christ, as a a treasure that was so valuable, and the one that you find the treasure, and you're so happy to find this thing of such great value that you will sell everything that you have to buy the field so you can have that treasure. This is the illustration that that Jesus used, you know, to communicate how valuable the treasure is. This has application also in this area with regard to our memories. Is there something in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ that is so valuable and the place that it is found is, is yes in him personally but it's also found in his word of course and is found in fellowship. There's something so valuable to be found in the treasure of the kingdom that keeps growing, fills our whole world, fills the whole world, and it's a greater truth. And it means that those things that are locked away, those things that even though we don't recognise it, quite often we value them and we are treasuring them, and because we value them, And because we treasure them more than what could set us free, well, they control us. And it goes back to me thinking about this guy, 99 years of age, never been to an Anzac Day walk, never been to a Remembrance Day. Because, to use his words, his memories haunted him and so for all of his life avoiding the memories never helped him they still haunted him 80 years later still haunted still controlled not free what a terrible thing think of all and you don't get those years back But there's a greater truth in Christ. There's a greater truth for healing to bring stuff out of the darkness of some locked cupboard in our heart and go, Lord Jesus, please look at this. Where you can go, well... And that brings us immediately to the question, well, how how do you go? Well, Lord, please look at this memory. And I venture to say that that's how you start, just with that simple prayer. You say, Lord, please look at this memory that I have. You do it yourself, in your own prayer closet, and then see where the Lord takes it. I know, you know, if you, the fast-track way, if you're not finding much success just with yourself personally with the Lord is, is you share it with a brother or a sister in Christ that you can trust. Start to talk about it. Start to open the scriptures, search the scriptures about healing. Applying that greater truth. And the greater truth, of course, is Jesus. But Jesus has given us each other. Jesus has given us the word of God. Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Spirit to speak into these things. But the thing about it is that we get to choose. We are the one that gives our heart the permission to go here or to go there, to open this door of memory or to close it, to allow other people into this spot or to not, to allow the Lord into this place or to not. That's the way that God's designed us. But the kingdom is a treasure, more valuable than anything, more valuable than any memory. The Lord Jesus Christ is that wonderful. He is, he is all in all, and he is beautiful, and he's more valuable, and he can heal. There's many scriptures where we could go to. I was just referring to that kingdom, that. Tre- Matthew 13, talks about the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden, hidden in a field. And his joy sells all. There's some things to receive the fullness of what Jesus has, you actually have to get rid of the stuff that's locked in our cupboards. If you, if you want to keep both, well then, you don't get the fullness. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's like it's one of those counterproductive things. You know, I want to have all of Jesus, but I'm still going to hold on to my painful memories and allow them to define me and allow them to hurt me. But this is where us as human beings can become a little bit complicated. whole passage we won't read all of that but this is what Jesus he Jesus read he said the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor to bind up the broken hearted to proclaim liberty to captives opening of the prison to those who are bound to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour this is what Jesus came for and it's our memories can lock us in a prison but Jesus has declared that he wants to set us free so let us pray and let us receive from the Lord and I want an encouragement I want to encourage you and receive encouragement from the Lord because the days ahead our good days. So Father, thank you. Lord, would your grace be upon Lord, our own hearts. And Lord, take us from the place of being defined Lord, if we are and where we are. Most of us are like the rest of us. In one way or another, there's still things in our hearts that, that need to be yielded The doors of our hearts opened up, Lord, that you would come in and have fellowship with us, set us truly free, Lord, in an ongoing and a deeper way. And Lord, we are made in your your image. Your hearts are vast. We have many, many rooms and cupboards and places inside of our heart. Would you forgive us for every way that we have hidden things from you or recoiled from any any place of hurt. Lord, lead us into relationship. Lead us into openness. Lead us into you more and more. Lord, would you fill us with your spirit. So, Father, I ask your blessing to be upon this congregation, upon Mount Morgan, of course, but I pray, Lord, for our own people. Lord, your favour to be upon. Lord, those who were with us and Lord, they're not with us right now. Lord, I think of those names we've brought up before you before. Lord, would your hand be upon them. Lord, saving grace. Grace to restore. Grace to heal. Thank you. Amen.